Blackhawks Live. It's always Hall of Fame. Blackhawks. That's hockey, baby. From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi. It's Monday night time to talk Blackhawks over the course of the next hour. Welcome in to everybody to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Joined, as always, by Nick Gismondi. Nick, how are you tonight? What's up, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. The uh, it's getting a little warmer out here in uh, Colorado right same now. Here, so, same here. Same here. We're digging out. Got out. Got a little run in today. New golf clubs are coming. So just waiting for the snow to melt here. That's all. All right. Oh, we're here man. to talk hockey, though. <laughs> uh, and, and since we last spoke, or at least spoke on the air, this team has mm-hmm. gone three and one. Uh, further uh, uh, convincing everybody that they're in this for the long haul. But we'll learn a lot more about this team because uh, March is coming in like a line. and It'll stay like a line even when they get out. When you take a look at that schedule, we'll get to that in a moment. Also tell you that we have uh, Blackhawks alum community liaison and broadcaster Jamal Mayers coming up here in about five minutes or so. We'll also be joined for a preview of this upcoming series against the Tampa Bay Lightning by Kaylee Chelios who's been working for, with the Lightning for the course of the past uh, five years or so. Yes, that name does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Kaylee a little bit later on. But, Nick, what a night last night at the United Center. And uh, the Blackhawks, in going 3-1 and one since we last talked, put an exclamation point. Five goals on ten shots in that third period. But we all know what the highlight shot was. feel bad for Ryan Carpenter. He has himself a two-goal game for the first <laughs> time in his NHL career. And uh, Patrick says, okay, we'll take, take a seat. And Ryan is a great professional. Uh, he just flowed with that. But, again, uh, Patrick Kane getting... Goal number 400, and, and when you watch that goal, it is a typical Patrick Kane goal that we've seen time and again over the past 14 years. It's incredible, you know, to watch what he's done as a player in the NHL. And, you know, a highlight of my broadcasting career, the 25 years that I've done it, was interviewing him last year, uh, you know, when he had his big moment at the United Center in that post-game interview and 1,000 points. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just there's moments with this guy that, they just keep coming, and I, I was talking to somebody today. He keeps getting better. Like he's like a, this kid's a fine wine. He, you know, the older he gets, the more he plays in this league, the better he gets. And for me, it's been fun. I, I've said it before on this show, and 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 in person, and and even to Patrick. But I've been watching him play since he was 14 years old when he played for Honeybaked in mm-hmm. Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I've seen this kid dominate at the AAA level, and then dominate in the Ontario Hockey League, and now he's just lighting it up again in the NHL. And man, he. he, he he is, in my opinion, the front runner right now for the MVP, hands yeah, down. Yeah, especially with what this team has done and how he has put them on his back. Yeah. They have all followed, and we'll play a great soundbite later about how much fun Patrick is having sharing milestones, not only what he did last night, but sharing all these other milestones that first-time NHLers are playing in their first game or scoring their first goal and how much of a collective fun season it has been to this point. By the way, uh, Patrick was named the second star of the week by the NHL today with three goals and five assists in the four games. The number one star of the week, ironically, is a guy he'll be shooting pucks at later on this week in Andre Vasilevsky, the Toronto, uh, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning goaltender. And get this, for the month of February, Patrick 
Seven goals, 24 points. That matches his best production of any Jeez. month of his career. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he is, uh, if, if not uh, keeping it up, uh, getting all the much better. We're going to take our first time out and get to our first guest. Jamal Mayers will join us next after we take this time out. Looking forward to visiting with him on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Ken and Taves Drive. Debrinket pulls it free. Debrinket and Kane on a two-on-one break over the wing line. Kane to the left circle. Pulls up. Holds. Fires. He scores! Number 400 for Patrick Kane! Finally, he's able to beat a goaltender with a shot. And the Hawks all celebrate with Patrick Kane. A group hug right at the Red Wing blue line. Kane with a brilliant wrist shot past Thomas Grice. And 9-10 into period number three. We're looking at a 5-1 lead for the Hawks and Patrick Kane's 400th career National Hockey League goal. And just as brilliant, the call from John Wideman last night here on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. And we're pleased to be joined by a former Stanley Cup champion teammate back in 2013 of Patrick's, capping off his NHL playing career with two years here in Chicago. Uh, you know him also as the studio analyst on Blackhawks Broadcast on NBC Sports Chicago and uh, works for the organization as a community liaison, youth hockey coach with the goal program, the Park District camps and clinics all around the city and Fifth Third Arena, and author Jamal Mayer, the sartorially splendid Jamal Mayers. I'll bet he's wearing a suit as he finally gets to join us here on Blackhawks Live. Is that right, Jamal? Oh, absolutely not. I think like anyone, uh, like everyone out there, I'm I'm in sweats these days, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly not dressed that way when you're uh, on the tube with Pat and Steve and company. Uh, but uh, about Patrick, you know, uh, no signs of slowing down. He, his game just seems to hit the accelerator every season, you know, th- then back off here in, in season number 14 of his career. And a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with his love of the game, his hunger to improve. Where have you seen improvements that he has made uh, in the eight years since uh, since you were last teammates together, well, you know what one one of the things for me that's the most impressive about him is his he's never satisfied, and you, you look at all that he's accomplished, all that he's done in the game, and he continues to find ways every single summer to improve his game, whether it's shooting the puck more, finding ways to create offense, improving his fitness, getting an edge in that regard. Uh, but you're right. No one loves the game that I played with my entire career than Patrick Kane. It used to be a little bit annoying. I got to be honest. He never took <laughs> optionals. What do you think that meant for uh, a, a fourth line plug like me? It meant I was absolutely having to skate and stay on even longer than him. So um, at the end of my career, I didn't appreciate it, but I certainly respected it. And there's a reason why. He continues to hit milestone after milestone. It's the way that he prepares. It's the way that he continues to evolve as the game has and found ways to to add layers upon layers of his game. And guys are just afraid to go to him, and it still is that way today. So very lucky to have called him a teammate and uh, even more a friend and happy for him to reach 400. Many more to come. Jammer, I miss you, buddy. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. What's up, kids? What's up, buddy? So I got to ask you, so many people counted this team out at the start of the year, but the way that they've come together, you're a guy that's been in locker rooms before. There's something to be said for looking at each other and looking to the guy to the left, the right, the front, the back, and being like, you know what, we're going to take all of this negativity and all of these naysayers and we're going to throw them behind us and we're going to fight 
We're going to fight for what we know we can do. How important is that to the success of this group right now, and how big of a factor is it? Well, you know what? you got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, and Jeremy and his staff have done a great job of getting a, the buy-in from the core guys that were here before. And there, need, there needed to be a real resurgence of, of these young players, and they've empowered them to take a bigger stranglehold of this team, and, and they have. They play differently. You watch them play. They're a fast team. They don't spend much time through the neutral zone. They defend much better than they have. They're getting great goaltending. And because of they got off to a good start, you're seeing their confidence as a group, the buy-in and getting the results. There's an accountability element that I think Patrick Kane has alluded to in his interviews that they're finding ways to win, but they're doing things the right way and they're defending extremely well. They're hard to play against. They're a quick team that stays on top of you, and, and they have guys who, who are game-breakers. But let's not underestimate the fact that they're getting great goaltending. Their power play is absolutely lethal. And uh, they've got some young guys who are playing extremely well. So how anxious are you to see what's going to happen here over the course of the next month, starting on, uh, on Thursday night? I think it plays into the Blackhawks' favor, quite honestly, the shortened season. So, you know, the reality is a lot of teams that didn't start well are likely to run out of runway. And... The good thing for the Hawks is they've, they've built themselves a little bit of a cushion in the sense of they're playing well. They have a template that they can always refer to if they haven't played well, whether it's within a game or game to game. So they have a formula that works, and they can always go back to that formula, and that's important. You sit in that locker room, every team goes through it, whether it's uh, you know a little bit of a slump here or there, two or three games. They have a way that they play that works that they can always reference as a group internally to get back to that type of game so they're a team that defends well they're a team that plays fast they get timely scoring they've got great power play the penalty kill has gotten better and so if they can continue to ride that wave and continue to get great goaltending they they're in every single game which is it's fun as a fan it's fun to be a part of the you know calling games and it makes uh, your job and my job a lot easier <laughs> you know something else that i think I guess it's not really underestimated anymore, but the the play throughout the entire lineup, Jammer, and you alluded to it as well, but even just getting contribution last night from a guy like Ryan Carpenter who 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 pots a multi a multi goal game or even the play of Pew Suter. I think he's he's one of the unsung heroes on that line with uh with Kane and Debrinket just because he's got that energy, he's got that that jump on those loose pucks. He creates that offense, that possession time. I think a lot of the success of this team goes to you know the supporting cast as well. Granted, Kane is carrying a ton of the weight, and he is certainly front and center. But it's been a it's been a full team effort. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I think at the end of the day, you look at what Kurashev's brought to the table. You look yeah. at what Suter's brought to the table. You look at what Mitchell's brought. And the one thing for me that's really stood out with Suter is that a lot of guys when they play with Kaner, they tend to defer, and he, he doesn't do that. He makes the play that's there. He holds onto the puck if it's not the right play, and that's hard to do. You think about it. You're a young guy coming into the league, and you've got Patrick Kane on your line. The tendency would be to give him the puck, and it's not always the right play. So it takes an equal balance of keeping the puck and not giving it to him too much, and I think Suter's done a great job and continues to get better and better. Um, It's one thing to have success in the Swiss League, and he led the league there last year. It's another thing and a whole different a different animal doing that at the NHL level. And he's, I don't even think he's scratched the surface of what he's going to be, 
but it's exciting for the Hawks to have a young player who in all likelihood, if, if you didn't have the injuries uh, that they've had up the middle, maybe he doesn't get this opportunity. So um, it's exciting as a fan. It's exciting for the team, but you're absolutely right. They're getting uh, contributions all up and down the lineup and, in, in special because uh, those young guys have really been really good so far. Yeah, there have been so many pleasant, positive discoveries uh, that we were all waiting on, and, and most of them have turned out in a positive manner. Uh, you know, it's been about a year, I think, since uh, your uh, autobiographical children's book, uh, Hockey is for Me, uh, came out. And, and I know you spent a lot of time this past month uh, visiting schools virtually through uh, the Blackhawks reading program, you know, reading it, sharing it with students. What was that experience like? I understand you had a little uh, a helper uh, a day or two last week uh, helping you out with this. And uh, so what was that experience like? And, and how are you also trying to make sure that the message in the book is, is not just one for would-be minority hockey players? Yeah, that's a great point, And I appreciate bringing it up. I think that I wrote the book when my son was five. He's now eight with the anticipation just to tell my story and hopefully inspire kids of color and that kids that don't necessarily look like the traditional hockey players to get out and try something different. And, and so, and my story is about hockey and their story could be about being an architect, an astronaut, a pilot, a musician or whatever. Um, and so, you know, what I've found over the, over the course of doing this and reading it to different groups of kids is the fact that it's also become a tool for, white families to say, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to bring up the, the subject of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what that looks like in our everyday life. And I know that, you know, a lot of people that I know are, are trying to find ways to become allies, and there's no better way than teaching it with your kids. And whether it's your, you know, I don't know, it could be your dance class or your whatever athletics, soccer group or whatever, finding ways to make sure you make pe- people feel comfortable um, is, is part of that. And so a lot of my friends have asked, like, what can we do and what can we do to, to help? And I always say, you know what, just fix your own network, fix your, your own family and friends, do that first. And I think that this is part of that, right? You're going to help read it to your kids and, and bring up diversity and inclusion and what that looks like and how we could become allies. And, you know, I'm very proud of this project and excited that, you know, Pete, at the, at the, from the very beginning, Pete Haston was a huge fan and helped uh, make this a reality. Jammer, another guy who I've crossed paths with multiple times in the hockey world, and I know he's somebody that, that has been an inspiration to you and, and that you're passionate about is, is Willie O'Ree. This is a guy who is just, man, I love his story. I love what he embodies. I, I love the way that he still is a huge part of our game uh, across all levels. Can, can you just tell me what he's meant to you and, and, and sort of how great it is that you know this year especially, he, he seems to really be getting the credit and the props and the applause that he, he deserves well you know when he went in i've never been to the hockey hall of fame uh induction and i i made sure that i was there in 2018 for his induction i thought it was a obviously a special moment and people that look like me wouldn't be playing the game if it wasn't for him so um rightfully he was put in the in the hall of fame and as a builder as he should and all the work that he's done over the last 25 years growing the game and you know, having met him, I'm sure you've realized this. He, he's so unassuming. Yep. He always has a smile on his face. He he never talks about himself. He never says, woe is me. He's always has a, you know, a great attitude. And it's for him, it's all about getting all kinds of kids, 
introduced to the game. And he's done so much work in that regard. And, you know, I'm so glad for him that he's able to enjoy some of the accolades that he certainly deserves. And it's exciting with the legacy that he's left behind with hockey is for everyone. And who knows where it goes from here, but uh, he's certainly in his 80s. He still has more energy than a lot of us. You know, I love what you said about him being so unassuming and just welcoming. I was It was an outdoor game in Colorado a few years ago, and I think it was Avalanche and Red Wings maybe, and I was I was broadcasting for NBC Olympics at the time, and I went to the game, uh, the outdoor game, with Dan Jansen, who was a, a gold medal uh, speed skater for the USA, and we were in the same booth uh, as Willie O'Ree, and Willie comes up and introduces himself to Dan, and Dan Jansen was as starstruck as I've ever seen the man, and Willie chatted with us and watched a period of hockey with us and he he walked away and he looked at me and he goes gizmo he goes that was willie o'ree and i was like that was willie o'ree and it's just it's cool because it crossed multiple sports what willie has done for the sport of hockey echoes loudly yeah absolutely i'm not not at all surprised to hear that story so it's you know at the end of the day willie is all about growing the game it's never been about him i think he was shocked and surprised that he was going to be, uh, first of all, recognized, and, and I think it's awesome that the, the Bruins are going to retire his number. I think they decided that they're going to wait till fans are back, which I think is appropriate. Um, so he gets the full energy and effect of what that should feel like. That's going to be pretty cool too. Um, you know, so you know, it's exciting what he's done and where it could go from here. Uh, Jamal, thanks so much for for jumping on with us. We really appreciate your insight on Patrick Kane and on this team right now, as well as um, uh, you know the projects that you were involved in. And, and really, stick tap to you and to this old Blackhawks organization for really. I know the league is trying to do this a whole lot more, but the Blackhawks have really been a leader in terms of uh, you know diversity and uh, equity and, and inclusion. And uh, you're one of the leaders. And uh, thanks for setting that example. It's up to all of us to to follow and get a little bit more involved to make. Uh, sure you know the right things are done in our community these days especially in the wake of what happened uh uh last may and from what's been happening for for way too long here thanks a bunch i I really appreciate it guys and uh, love listening to you guys keep her going all right jamal mayer is joining us here 2013 stanley cup champion blackhawks that's just one of his many titles in the organization as well. We appreciate his time and insight joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Time for a break here at the bottom of the hour. We'll check the news headlines with Vic Vaughn. When we return, we'll hear from Kaylee Chelios on the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Blackhawks will play in a three-game series over four days at the United Center coming up later this week. You know, we're going to have to play a complete game. Um, we, we need to try to remember what happened last time. Uh, gave up, I think, five each time last time, so... I mean, they're they're the former Stanley Cup champs for a reason, and they create a lot offensively. And so we're going to have to do a lot. Just it's going to have to be a full sixty game. It's going to have to be all twenty guys buying in and and doing the little things, and those things add up and just give ourselves a chance, like we've been kind of kind of saying all year. But yeah, I mean, they're a real good team. I'm sure the coaches will have us uh, game planned and ready. But yeah, we're we're hoping for a better result than last time. It's Ryan Carpenter after his first multi-goal game of his NHL career last night, looking ahead to this upcoming series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which we are about to do right now as 
Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, continues drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Chris Bowden, along with Nick Gizmondi, and we are pleased now to be joined by Kaylee Chelio. She's a veteran of the Tampa Bay Lightning now, uh, fifth year as a radio analyst and reporter. Uh, that after uh, graduating up here from Medill School of Journalism at uh, Northwestern, where she was also part of a great run, including a national championship on the Wildcats women's lacrosse team. She joins us now live from Tampa Bay. Anytime you guys want to stop having parades down there... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's okay with us. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking time out of your uh, off night because uh, I know uh, you'll be busy tomorrow night with the uh, bolts back in action at Dallas. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. I love listening to you guys, and I followed you a lot last season, so it's great to be with you. And it's nice to finally be back in Chicago, actually, under the circumstances and spending time with my family, but still getting to cover and report the Lightning from home is awesome. Oh yeah, you are here in Chicago though. Yep, I'm actually based here now. I'm oh. still doing uh, radio analyst work, but I'm no longer calling the games um, on the road with my partner, Dave Mishkin. Just given the circumstances, it was kind of the right decision for my family at the time. We just had a baby, and we wanted her to see the family without worrying about COVID and all that stuff with flying. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, the, those are these times right now. As you can, you can do your job, you know, sitting, uh, wherever you want, pretty much, practically. <laughs> this Tampa Bay team, uh, right now on a four game winning streak. I know they had a five gamer earlier in the season, but you know, that, that was against, you know, uh, no offense, but against, you know, Nashville and Detroit. Uh, this last most recent stretch, uh, you know, they put their foot down on Carolina. They had a very dominant uh, performance against Dallas the other night as well. Uh, does this, uh, winning streak feel a little different than that one earlier in the season you're right you're right i think it does for sure uh they did play some teams that are struggling um still are struggling including nashville detroit and then they ran into the florida panthers and they were the first team that really you know pressured them and in, in that high octane offense they had they came in and it was a measuring slip game for the panthers and kind of caught the lightning off guard there was some delays with covid um and so the lightning just I think they got humbled in that first of the three games set against the Panthers. And uh, they lost, you know, three of four games, which was not like them, hit a bit of a rough patch after that Florida Panthers series. And then they ran into Carolina, and it was a four-game set that was going to be probably their toughest of the season so far, and it was. I think they played some of their grittiest hockey, and, you know, they end up winning that four-game set three games to one. So they – you know, once again, they were shut out from Carolina in that first game of it. They hadn't scored a goal against Carolina in three games, the three times that they'd, you know, seen, seen them until uh, the second game of that four-game set. And I really think that set the tone, you know, having to defend and they had to work and, and play their game. They couldn't really cut corners and cheat, and it cost them against Carolina when they did. And I think after that, they really got their confidence. Their leadership group stepped up, and they were able to kind of turn – what was a little bit of a, a tough stretch, losing three or four uh, into a, a really impressive stretch at home, winning three straight. Kaylee, this is a different Blackhawks team than, than what the Lightning saw at the start of the year in January. They've obviously figured some things out, some stuff has developed. So how do you shake off the... How do you shake off knowing that you you know you scored ten goals on these guys in two games at the start of the season to now this Blackhawks team is is a little bit of a tougher test? Is it is it a mental thing? Is it a is it a game approach? How how, do, how does the Lightning maybe kind of approach this next three games uh, with with the Hawks? I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I always like when these two teams come together, and anytime you have you know Patrick Kane on the ice, you have to you know, have your head up at all times. So 
I think in the beginning in January when they first met, you know, there was a lot of other factors playing into that. Chicago hadn't played a game since way early in the playoffs um, before getting eliminated. The Lightning, obviously winning a Stanley Cup championship, were in the bubble for 65 days. So there was some serious off time for the Blackhawks in that. And then they come into this season, you know, at the start of it, what was supposedly the youth movement, and they were kind of testing their goaltenders, whereas the Lightning had been so far in their process. They had the Stanley Cup banner unveiling, and there was a lot of excitement sort of being around um, just celebrating the championship with each other. So I think they may have had a little bit of an advantage over Chicago at the start. I think this is going to be a, a good test. You know, they handily defeated Dallas in their last win. I don't think it was Dallas's best performance, but coming into Chicago, I think they know they're, they're playing a team that's third in the division right now. They certainly found their game. Uh, they're dangerous. They have the ability to, to create plays. And the Lightning, you know, MO right now has been the way they've been defending, and that's led to their offense. So I think you approach this, you know, three games in a five, five-day stretch or four-day stretch, really, um, against Chicago. And, you know, you can't take them for granted. It's completely, two completely different teams, I think, right now than what we saw in January. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these team numbers. Uh, starting this week, Tampa Bay, first in the league in goals per game, first in the league in, in goals against average. Uh, let's see, fourth in shots against per game, number two in penalty kill. Oh, they're already down to number eight on the power play this season. Uh, is, is, there, is there any weakness uh, on this team other than the fact that, you know, it probably took them a little while to get going after, you know, a relatively short offseason and, and being able to, uh, celebrate! Uh, uh, it seems like they're they're picking up right where they left off, even with uh, Nikita Kucherov isn't around these days. Exactly, I think for the Lightning, which actually surprised me, I thought you know of all times to maybe have a Stanley Cup hangover, it would be after the bubble and what was a you know unconventional off season, and probably felt pretty short for these guys who were in the bubble for sixty five seventy days. Um, but you know what? They are a strong group. They have a really strong veteran uh, leadership group, and I think you know they've got a taste of the Stanley Cup championship. And it, you can just see certain players, um, you know, playing with that sort of confidence into this season. Players like Pat Maroon, I think their bottom six has been really impressive to me. Yanni Gord, you know, has always been a great player to watch. But they're not only you know making making big plays and they're able to, you know, spend time in the offensive zone and, and give that next top line, the point line, you know, a chance to spend some time there next and creating energy, but they're also producing. So you look at the Pat Maroons, you know, he's centering, he's had more forward pairs um, on his line than, you know, any other player. And he's got, you know, young taxi squad prospects coming in like Ross Colton, who scored a goal in his NHL debut, you know, Alex Barre-Boulet, Jamel Smith, who came in, um, and did an excellent job. Volkov, one of their younger players as well, who scored a couple goals and now has some confidence. So I think the Lightning's bottom six, you know, that obviously their leadership group uh, and the way they've been playing, there's no sign of a hangover. They really are the complete team. And I think, you know, they were so in their process for so long in the bubble. They just picked up pretty much where they left off with a shortened training camp. Took a little bit to get into it, but, uh, you know, now they seem to be rolling and they have a tough schedule ahead of them. Yeah, that was kind of my next question. Obviously, it's a weird year where they don't have that full summer of of full on partying and the, the 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 you know all of the accoutrements that come with with winning a Stanley Cup. I I feel like that the shortened season benefits a team like like Tampa that didn't really turn too much over, and that's why you're seeing them basically just roll from last year into this year, and they don't look very different to me than they did last season. 
No, and a big thing, too, when you have the time off in the offseason for coaches, you know, you make some adjustments to your systems and the penalty kill, the power play, especially without Nikita Kucherov in the lineup. This year with the shortened offseason, you know, assistant coaches had their day with the Cup, you know, the week before training camp started. So <laughs> when they got to camp, there really weren't any significant changes to the systems and the structure in which they played. It was just kind of getting right back into it and, and getting your timing and your rhythm there, you know, there wasn't a lot of teaching. It was just kind of getting into that process again. So I think that was a big advantage for the lightning because, you know, they obviously knew what it, what it took to get to a Stanley cup championship. And they just kind of continued on with that, um, you know, right to start training camp. So there's not a whole lot of learning and, you know, this group is experienced and very talented. There's, like you said, not a lot of turnover. They lose Nikita Kucherov, but, you know, they're they're able to, in a shortened season, be able to have that next-man-up mentality. They dealt with it in the bubble without Stamkos in the lineup, a couple games without Braden Point in the Islanders series, and it's no, uh, it's nothing new for the Lightning to have to face a little bit of adversity like that, and I think they've handled it well. Well, uh, since you're in town, are you going to try and uh, battle, fight your way into the United Center for these uh, for these three games hey, coming I'm up, or trying, no? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I should do here. I'm going to sneak my way in, I think. All right. Well, I we'll hope see. to. Hope... I'd love to. Otherwise, I'll be covering it from home. Uh, hope to hope to see you there. And uh, I didn't know. Welcome, welcome back to Chicago, at least for the time being. We're, we're glad you're you're enjoying the Chicago winter instead of the Tampa Bay winter. I'm, That's I'm, awfully I'm, brave of I'm, you. I'm so. pretty sure the Chelios <laughs> name. Yeah, that makes two of you excited. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Chelios oh, name okay. gets you automatically into the United Center. It should. It should. I think. I you think. would think, but I think my I think my dad and some of his uh, coworkers there uh, were no longer invited because of COVID this season. So we'll see if I'm able to get in there, but I doubt it. All right. Uh, thank you so much for your time and all the insight on on the bolts. Uh, and uh, say hi to pops. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see you uh, sometime over the weekend here at the United Center. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Sounds great. That's Kelly Choi, uh, Kelly, Kaylee Chelios joining us here on uh, Blackhawks Lab, presented by Chevy DriveChicago dot com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Uh, yeah, she's been uh, hanging around that Lightning beat for for quite a bit, and uh, always enjoy her work uh, as well when she appears on the NHL Network. Uh, she is on top of her game with the Lightning and everything else. Uh, a Chicago girl uh, done good, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see Kaylee out on the West Side here coming up uh, over the course of the next three contests. Time for our final break. We'll head down the home stretch. Nick and I will share some other thoughts and some interesting sound from last night as well when we continue here on 720 WGN. Our team is uh, it's coming together, and uh, we have a lot of young guys that are just going to keep getting better and better. Nice to share that, that you know these kind of moments with them, whether it's you know my 400th goal or their first goal. Um, there's been a lot of great moments this year throughout our team. We have a lot of young guys that have some pretty special futures ahead of them so um it's nice to be around those guys and i think it's uh it's a good group right now for sure that's mr 400 after he achieved that accomplishment that milestone last night in the blackhawks 7-2 victory over the detroit red wings welcome back to blackhawks live presented by chevy drive chicago.com drive with kane and taves drive alongside nick Ismondi. i'm chris Bowden, and you know uh, just those hearing those comments from from patrick kane and you know uh, why he's wearing uh, a letter on his sweater here this season and you know uh, him leading the way and it's kind of a mutual admiration society believe it or not nick with you know uh, all those young kids playing in their first NHL games, getting their first NHL goal. You can tell when he's on the ice for those, he is getting a kick out of that. Just as much as those kids seem to be having a kick out of uh, playing with someone that they were probably watching while they were growing up, even though he's only 32 years old. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy because he's got such an energy about him, right? You know, Bodes, like you've been around and uh, broadcasting longer than me, but there are guys that just hey, watch have it. A, what, are you, what are you calling me? Here? I'm, uh, you're just speaking to your expertise. <laughs> By the way, you look younger than me too. Gramps. So. <laughs> Gramps. <laughs> but uh, it's it's he's got like a gravitational pull to him, right? Like when you're in the the atmosphere of Patrick Kane, there's just an aura about him that makes you want to do the right things. You want to ask him the right questions, and you 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 want to help him support the game of hockey and I think for me a lot of it's because he's he's such a champion of the game but he is such a he's such an important part of it and listen you play with these young guys you see what they're doing you see their energy you see their excitement and it, it reinvigorates you to a certain degree and I think that for someone that loves the sport as much as Kaner loves the sport for him to see that energy and see that excitement and in some ways be the guy that's dishing the assist on the on the first NHL goal it takes you back and it it gives you something to smile about and it gives you something to motivate and it gives you gives you a target and I also think that Patrick's a guy that you know he likes it when the eyes are on him he likes it when he has an impact, and he certainly has a massive impact on everybody that's in that room right now. Well, with what we know, what Jamal shared with us at 32 years of age, there's a whole lot of hockey left. So all I have to oh, say yeah. is, you know, as far as that goal scoring list in franchise history, uh, definitely watch out, Steve Larmer. That's only six away, but you know, if if he continues. Uh, playing at this level for whatever, at least in another handful of years, whether it's another 10 or less than that, sure. watch out Stan Mikita, watch out Bobby Hulls at the very top of that list. <laughs> hey, I want to go to another soundbite here real quick because this is Jeremy after last night's game. They take care of business against Detroit, building a little bit of a momentum ahead of this three-game set against the defending Stanley Cup champs, their first look at them after those two one-sided losses to open the season. We'll just have to raise our level, but I think we've shown we can play at a really high level. I think we just got to embrace the challenge. We got a we got a day off tomorrow, and then we got two really good days of practice to to get prepared. I think it's a, we're a young group, but we're a proud group. We're gonna embrace the challenge and get excited about it. And uh, it's almost easier. I know we're gonna be focused and sharp in practice leading up to the games, and we get a chance to measure ourselves against uh, obviously an excellent team. That's uh, a whole lot of confidence coming there from, from Jeremy Carlton, and he has to be that way with this team. But you love what you're hearing there. Who knows what the results are going to be, especially with Tampa Bay playing the way they are. But uh, uh, you would not expect the same kind of results that we saw like, in the first two games of the season down there. Hey, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose boats. And uh, <laughs> JC seems to be, you know, this is this. I love coach. I think that. Um, you know, I, I could see it. I could see it last year a little bit when I was around constantly, and, and this year just too from the press conferences. He's he's got them bought in. He's got them playing the game that he wants them to play, and they're seeing the results. So, I think his tone right now is is good. Um, I, I think that he's he's reserved. I think publicly with the media, but I think personally with those guys in the room, he's a very passionate, emotional guy, and and I think that the players pick off on that, and I think the young guys do, and I think the veterans are now inspired by it also, and and, and they look at it and say, okay, let's do this, let's go, and and as a result, you're, you're getting the results you're getting, and I don't think it's a question anymore of if they can. Now it's just a question of can they continue to maintain this through the rest of the year against some tough stretches. Their next, you know, 
the next five games uh, are going to be a real good test. The three against Tampa, and then they, you know, they head to Dallas for two. Yep, and that's part. They open a six-game road trip as mm-hmm. well, and the guys were talking about what a grind that what was supposed to be a six-game road trip would turn into five on that last trip. Uh, you know, towards the finish line, but they were able to, to to close the deal in those two games at Columbus. In addition to Blackhawks, Tampa Bay. Uh, just to t- make note once again, in case you weren't aware, uh, the Professional Women's Hockey League uh, Association uh, is going to be in Chicago this weekend the dream gap tour the game saturday at the united center another sunday at fifth third arena we saw at madison square garden it was uh, an exciting matchup yesterday and uh the ladies really showing what they can do what was an exciting game and you saw a whole lot of talent out there ah, it's so great it, the hockey's so good i you know i announced multiple of those games last year for them bob in chicago as well as in phoenix and i'm such a big fan of kendall she's become a very good friend of mine and i've known hillary knight for a while as well and and several of the others but it's just so cool to see to see them on the stage they're on and billy jean was there at uh, at madison square garden and to see them play at madison square garden and uh listen if you can watch those games the 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 game uh the first game i believe is on nbc the second one will be i think online i'm not exactly sure but do yourself a favor and watch it it's it's great hockey it's great hockey and it's what the pwhpa is doing in my opinion is the the pinnacle of where women's hockey is is going and needs to be they're the group that's doing it the way that it should be done and it's just uber professional and first class all the way and my hat goes off to all of them especially Jana Hefford who's who's one of the big people behind it just pushing it pushing it pushing it yeah it's just unfortunately you can't open the doors and let people oh, come in because uh, they were able to do that at Madison Square Garden yep. but uh, two o'clock at the United Center on Saturday nationally televised on NBCSN and then uh, Sunday afternoon as well uh, it's going to be running opposite what the Blackhawks are doing on Sunday afternoon at the United Center against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning but again Again, uh, worth your attention. Uh, great job tonight, buddy. Let's do this again uh, next Monday night at 7. What do you say? I, I, you know what? I'm in if you're in, Boats. All right. Thanks for everything, I'll pal. Think, no, I am in. I am okay, in. Okay, yeah. And, all right. Let's do it then. And uh, we'll be it, here to go. talk about and see how the Blackhawks <laughs> do against the defending Stanley Cup champions three in a row, three in four days, coming up at the United Center versus the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. So join us again next Monday night, coming up at 7 o'clock. It's uh, after that three-game set against Tampa Bay. And on the eve of their uh, six-game road trip, the guys will be down in Dallas at that point uh, next Monday night at 7. Thanks to Pass Along. Jamal Mayers for joining us here a little bit earlier on the show, as well as Kaylee Chelios. We also want to uh, give thanks to uh, our producer, Curtis Koch, for uh, tying all the loose ends together, getting everybody on the board, as well as Krista Flores on the board, doing all the uh, hard engineering work. And once again, uh, Blackhawks, winners of three of their last four this week. It'll be 7 o'clock games coming up on Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday at the United Center against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. 7 o'clock starts both uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday. Uh, I, I got this all wrong. Thursday and Friday at uh, at the United Center against Tampa Bay. There'll be the off day Saturday and then they come back at it on Sunday, which I believe is Hockey Day in America. Sunday, a one thirty start against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So once again, for Nick Ismati and everyone working hard here behind the scenes, I'm Chris Bowden. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Coming up next, after the 8 o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Vic Vaughn, it's John Landecker. Again, appreciate you joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Caden Taves Drive on 720 WGN.